0: Welcome to the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO Show. My name is Josh Beshynski, and I will be your host for today. With me today, I have my Black Hat co-host, Clint Butler. Say hi there, Clint. Hi, everybody. I also have the creator of – oh, I didn't mute myself. Damn it. (laughs) All right, everyone take a drink. (laughs) We play a drinking game. Every time Rantan comes out – or I forget to mute myself. You have to take a drink.
1: I think at this point you're doing it on purpose.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I want to drink more. <laughs> SEO leads you to drinking. <laughs> SEO and internet marketing leads to drinking. That's probably clinically proven. <laughs> and also today with us, we have my good friend, Ted Kubitis, who is also the creator of the core software and one hell of a guy and software programmer. Say hi there, Ted. Hello. I was commenting uh, before the show that uh, Ted had a contract previously where he went to an office. I don't think he's doing that contract anymore, and so now he's letting the beard grow out. And I said, "When you don't work for somebody, you can let your beard grow out." And he said, "Yes."
2: Yeah, it's it's a, a nice luxury.
0: Yeah, you, you kind of—I don't know—you got a kind of a physicist slash George R. R. Martin look going on. I think I like it. <laughs> I you don't kill me <laughs> fat? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I think that's what he's getting to, Ted. <laughs> okay, so if you guys have not seen the show before, we are an internet marketing slash SEO show. Um, uh, we are, uh, you know, I always like to say we're the best uh, SEO show on YouTube. There's a reason for this. It's because uh, we are science-based and data-based kind of individuals. Uh, We all have uh, higher education degrees, not that that matters, but it has trained us to always look for the scientific proof. And uh, we're sick and tired of all the other shows on here and all the other gurus and pundits on here who claim that you can do this and do that with ranking and claim this is a ranking factor and claim that's a ranking factor, but they do not provide any form of proof whatsoever other than they were ranking a website and they did something and something happened, and they call that, you know, a, a... SEO knowledge, that's not knowledge, that's a guess. If you're ranking your website and you make a change and the rankings happen, you're guessing it's what you did. You don't know it's what you did. So we do single variable experiments. The core software is a correlation software that tracks uh, over uh, a thousand websites with over 500 factors to see in your niche to see what actually correlates with ranking and what doesn't. We check factors you wouldn't even think of checking. In fact, uh, the latest Google algorithm update was very interesting. Uh, Ted ran his Cora software and uh, although Google said that it's nothing you can fix, it's nothing you can do, you know, there's nothing you can do about it, Ted ran Cora on uh, I believe it was uh, DOI Lawyers Los Angeles and at least for that niche, what changed was HTTPS suddenly uh, hugely correlated by 50 spots uh, and uh, social uh, links hugely correlated by 50 spots as well Uh, and uh, terms of service pages actually hugely correlated by like 50 spots. So when we run it two weeks before their update and then we we run it uh, after the update and these things are suddenly massively correlating, not like a little fluctuation, we mean like a huge difference that starts to paint a picture that a, these things could be now more, more important ranking factors and B, if that's the case, Google is lying uh, and the whole rest of the industry is lying and has no idea what they're talking about because they're not using core and they're not using science-based methods. So Ted, what do you have to, what do you have to say about my rant (laughs)
2: there? uh, keep keep in mind that uh, those things that correlated were for my keyword. And so your keyword has different competitors who compete in different ways and to different degrees. So the only way you know how to respond to an algorithm update is to measure uh, the factor measurements for your competitors and your website before and after and look at how they changed. And you will get different... Uh, recommendations you'll get different correlations based on the different keywords so you can't take one piece of advice from one keyword and apply it to all keywords that's bad advice so you got to measure it's the only way
0: you're right and uh, generally that would be bad advice Uh, I'm I'm offering all this knowledge as a of course check for yourself kind of uh, 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 that kind of proviso although that being said when you see such a drastic fluctuation, it starts to look more like uh, uh, that could have been a, a shift on Google's side. And I will say anecdotally that a couple of people who listened to the show tried adding a terms of service page, and they saw a large boost in their rankings. So um, although that's not a single variable controlled environment test, that's all websites they're ranking in the wild, when we have a big correlation like change like that, and then they make the change and their websites go up, it's starting to look more evidencey and less guessy
2: yeah i'd I'd agree with that. i I've heard a lot of the same. Um, I was also surprised by what didn't change, which was backlinks and term frequency.
0: Yeah, no backlinks, and it was slightly higher actually when you tested it. So um and social, but social changed as well. So it makes sense, you know they they want terms of service. That's been in the Google Raiders guideline forever. Uh, and now they might actually be dialing up the the ranking signal for that. Uh, based on their machine learning, if that's the kind of websites they want. Remember, Google is ranking uh, a lot of sites now, or pri- primarily Google's moving in an AI direction. That means they're going to increasingly more and more be r- running machine learning that's going to pick out random factors that mean very little to m- almost nothing to human beings, such as ourselves. I'm assuming everyone else on the panel is you know, a human being. I'll, I'll, I'll afford you that courtesy. Although, I don't know, Ted, you might be a cyborg considering how smart you are. But um, And Clint, you might be the Terminator because I know you are just... Enormous, but um, uh, uh, moving right along. Uh, don't don't break my train of thought. Uh, yeah. So I mean, when when these factors change uh, drastically, it, it could. It, it looks like more like a shift on Google's side. And Google Raiders guidelines have been their uh, the uh, term service has been their guideline forever. They could have di- just dialed the knob up on that, and social as well. They've been saying forever has been a ranking factor, and HTTPS. They've been telling us forever is a ranking factor. So it only makes sense that these things would increase over time, anyway. But so, uh, so today, anyway, <laughs> that was my just rant. That was my that was my first rant hand of the day. Uh, here's my next rant for the day: is uh, what's new in SEO is what we normally start with. I have some new experiments to show off. Um, if you guys want to see what's been going on. And then also in the chat, if you're watching live, you can definitely ask any SEO questions in the chat that you want to ask us. Also today, I offered to look at some more niches. So in the last couple of weeks, we've been exploring using SEMrush as a tool to uh, which you can use to check rankings and stuff, of course, and backlinks and, and keywords and, and where you're weak in terms of content and where you should be getting backlinks from and all that kind of great SEO stuff. But you can also use it to find niches that you could do for affiliate sites, you could do for lead generation sites, you could do all kind of money making Stuff because at the end of the day, we all need to make the moolah, and uh, we've been tr- we've been using SEM Rush for this. And I-, I asked for some niches you wanted me to explore, and I show you how I bring it into Excel, and uh, and play with Excel to to sort of really tease out the really the gems, the hidden gems that are in these niches. And so, if you have any uh, niches you want us to take a look at, put them in the chat. I will try to uh, play with them in Excel. Ted, if you want, you can even look at the niches and play with them in Cora. And see what Cora reports out for some of these niches, um, and I've already got one started here. But before I get to that, I'll show some experiments. Unless uh, Clint or Ted, you have, you want to talk about what's new in, in your neck of the woods while I share my screen, if there's anything new. Not really, nothing new on
1: my side. Um, you are testing some things. I did reach out to John Mueller; he's doing an AMA on Reddit and. Uh, so I reached out to him about what's going on with the indexing, not specifically the the mobile first index because who cares, um, but m- more why is it taking a week or more for Google to enter new pages or to enter new changes into the index, and also why is the East Coast data center showing diff- different results than the Dallas data center versus the West Coast data center? Uh, that stuff was all synced, and then they did something, and now it's all. Uh, uh, backwards and in general that's you know for the local it's not really a big deal if you're targeting Dallas and you see Dallas results then great but you know if you're a national site that can hurt you mm-hmm. uh, and now there's you know I don't know what what their game is by by doing that but you know that could be uh, significant for some people
0: yeah no um, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah it is a it is kind of a big deal the the more you're doing blackhead SEO the more that becomes a big deal because uh and well, i know not think- even
1: that you have a national site i know you know jeff lenny he's doing his affiliate site it's a national daddy blog essentially is what he's creating yeah that's not black hat he's using pure white hat and his stuff he's on the west coast none of his stuff is showing up indexed on the west coast but Dallas, they can see it, and the East Coast, they can see it. That's Hmm. a national site, and that's a white hat person that is affected. So that just goes to show you that the white hat train isn't the good train, uh, because if I have to do black hat and make 10 identical sites to go to 10 different data centers, then that's what I'm going to (laughs) do.
0: Exactly, yeah. You forced me to go black hat. But I mean, there's truth to that, right? There's truth to that. Um one yes, you're absolutely correct. Google will screw over SEOs equally, whether you're white hat or black hat. So that that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they actually want to delete our jobs. Really, at the end of the day, they wish everyone was doing AdWords. You know, and there's a lot of people at Google, especially that Matt Cutts has now left. He was actually as critical as I've been of him. He actually protected us quite a bit. Uh, and you know, they don't care about us at the end of the day. You're absolutely right about that. Um, I did not know that the data center differentiation. All I so that's very interesting to hear. What I'd heard about, I, I suspect that's probably just a delay, but I'd love to hear what John Mueller's answer is on that. Uh, what I'd heard about and what I what I meant by the more you're doing Black Hat, the, the, the even worse it'll be, is that um, they are getting very selective. And I see this not because I'm necessarily doing Black Hat. Uh, maybe I am, maybe I'm not, who knows? But um, because of my test sites are all spammy kind of auto-generated pages that are similar to some... Some kind of black hat techniques not very good ones quite frankly but some black hat techniques where you're auto generating pages you're spinning pages stuff like that and Seeing how hard it is to get those kind of web 2.0 links or those spun pages Indexed in in a a relatively quick fashion It can be difficult sometimes and uh, that you know if you've got you know a million backlinks Like let's say we wanted to do that negative SEO experiment again where you made 150,000 really crappy spammy links in GSA Uh, You know uh, getting those links spidered again might be difficult. I I don't know if you've tried a campaign like that recently Uh, Getting all those backlinks on on questionable some questionable backlink sources Can be difficult and that's where I've received the most complaints the most people emailing me saying "Josh, they're freaking out. How do I index my backlinks and I'm like Google's indexing my backlinks, you know very quickly within a day uh, but I, of course, I'm, you know, any kind of backlink I'm doing are all, I'm not doing backlinks. I'm organically getting backlinks from so having such a good website. People are doing it to me. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. And, <laughs> and uh, making sure those pages are indexed just to make sure I, I get, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly white hat. And clicking on those links to make sure traffic flows through the link. That's also very important and very white hat as well. Get some of your friends to click through the link so there's traffic flowing through the link. You know, it might help out. You know, just show off what you've been doing, not for any blackout reasons whatsoever.
2: But if if Google won't revisit your links, there's a real easy solution to that. Just get a new domain. Hmm. They'll recrawl it, you know, within a day.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, they 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 usually crawl sites very quickly. Some backlink pages they choose not to 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 crawl quickly. So, yeah, yeah. So we do we do have to. I I take the spirit of your suggestion is is that. We have to get smarter. We have to get uh, nimbler, and, and, and so we always have to get smarter and nimbler.
2: And, and that's in the, the context of the black hat stuff. So if you've, if you've spun up a, a bunch of curated content or generated content, and all of a sudden you know Google's devalued it, you know probably what you need to do at that point is just migrate it to a new domain and. Start over and do
0: it again. Yeah, if you're in the churn and burn uh, industry, then you got to churn more and burn more.
1: Exactly.
0: And better and smarter and really pay attention to the secrets and get into good groups where they they know the the good secrets. You have good people doing black hat experiments and all that kind of stuff. So that's fantastic. Thanks for bringing that up. And if John Mueller uh, does get respond, uh, reach out to you, let me know. I'll reach out to him too. Uh, Because it's getting serious enough that that is kind of a a legitimate SEO question that they would even ask like an SMX advanced and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: You know, I could attribute that. Maybe I could see that the mobile first index switchover might have resulted in that. Um, But at least kind of give people a heads up or at least tell them why uh, that's going on. And then again, maybe just, I, you know, I went through that AMA and 131 people were there and not one person asked about indexing. But everyone seems to be complaining about not being able to do it. So um, maybe they're just not aware of it.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they're aware. I, I think it was a concerted effort to try. And, and they have difficulty differentiating black hat behavior from white hat behavior quite often at the end of the day. Because No.
1: We, they're Google. They know everything.
0: <laughs> at the end of the day, as we've often discussed on this show, <laughs> that at the end of the day – the lines blur between White Hat and Black Hat SEO. If you push SEO to its extreme, it's all Black Hat at, at some point. We're all trying to modify the rankings. We're not doing White Hat SEO to make it easier for them to index out of the kindness of our hearts. We're doing White Hat SEO to rank sites better. And so if ranking sites better are against doing anything to rank sites, rank sites better is against their guidelines, then 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 ipso facto everything is Black Hat SEO. But, but ignoring that kind of distinct, not pushing it to the extreme, I think even White Hat's gonna be concerned about this indexing, indexing issue. Um, and regarding the mobile first index, thank you for mentioning that. So Google is, call it, uh, is calling it mobile first indexing. And, and I think the distinction there, in, in, and they've just announced it, that they're starting to officially roll it out now. Their testing period is down, they're officially rolling it out. And the, re- the reason why they're calling it is a blended index. So, so if you have a responsive design or a good mobile design, they will index that copy. If they if they will not index your AMP copy, and if you don't have a good mobile responsive design, they will index your, your desktop copy. Right now they're saying there's gonna be no ranking adjustments and no ranking changes or no ranking problems if you don't have a good mobile design because of the mobile first indexing, the mobile first preference. So it's a blended index. Uh, there's a nitpicky point, but they're, they're saying not to call it the mobile first index, Call it mobile-first indexing. It's a blended index. They will choose your your mobile if you have a good one uh, over your desktop, uh, but otherwise they're going to keep all the signals the same. Whether that change, whether that continues for the future, is is another another question entirely.
1: Yeah, I think. it Remember when it first came out, it was the assumption that they're going to have a mobile-first index. Mm-hmm and then the desktop index and remember the they yeah. were talking about oh then we'll push the desk the mobile index to the desktop and that's how we'll populate the desktop and that's where everyone freaked out and yeah. i called bullshit right from the beginning because it just retarded that's a complete waste of resources so um i actually like this because frankly if you don't if you're not using mobile ready sites now then you're an idiot so mm-hmm. um and you this you kind of get what you deserve in this case um, so <laughs> i think it's i think it's pretty good uh, in general and then you know obviously just kind of makes us better what are you so, doing, buddy? Um, I'm all for it I think
0: yeah I think you definitely need um, uh, you definitely need a mobile design it was interesting that they're not going to use the amp version at all uh, for the for the for the for the mobile first indexing
1: I think that's good too because a lot of people are just not on that bandwagon True. Uh, for them uh, those big publishers joined which is really what they wanted in the first place was the big publishers to do that and mm. I think they're happy with that, and whether you and I use AMP or not, I don't, I don't think Google could care less.
0: No, indeed not. Uh, other than any 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 indirect speed boosting or conversion boosting, it's not shown to have any kind of uh, of direct ranking uh, benefit. That's when uh, uh, Kyle from SIA tested it last year. We need to do another test to see if that's still the case and still doesn't have a have a boost.
1: I, I don't even recommend it to clients unless you do an e-commerce or, or informational sites. So e-commerce just because you know it's just easier people buy phones with the app than it is for, in some cases for the mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, I do not even touch it. It's not even on any of my sites. I know that for a fact.
0: I only recommend it to clients if and when and because it's sometimes difficult to get your get your mobile speed down to something that's acceptable Where amp will do it really quick because it forces you to streamline everything down I <laughs> mean and it's served off of Google servers. So if you go with that version, there's a Facebook app as well, of course, but Okay, so that's fantastic. Let's get into some experiments that uh, that bore some fruit this week Let me show you I've got two that I can share and one that I have to keep a little secret because it was it was quite frankly super amazing uh, and I have to save that for my paid subscribers. I have a white hat versus a black hat Skype group And I'm also going to be running the white hat versus black hat conference uh, in in August And that's where that kind of uh, some of these experiments. I have to keep uh, in, Under under very under close wraps, but I will share at least what, what happened So this experiment here I can share with you. It was a video embed experiment. We did March 13th at first It seemed to have a positive so we embedded a video in a page And it seemed in a single variable experiment uh, with nothing else going on on that uh, that SERP and it seemed to give a bit of a boost But then we have a drop here. So it was not sustained Um, So it's really hard to say this is an inconclusive test. It definitely looked positive But then there was a drop. So this was like a null result. We can't say that a video embed helps. So we're trying it again we did another test here that I can uh, share with you. So we put uh, just a test we test everything
2: Josh, uh, there's a request to Zoom the browser. People are having trouble seeing it.
0: Oh, sure. okay. Uh, uh, I can try. (laughs) Uh, This is kind of as good as it's going to get. Squint your eyes, and maybe you can see it. The alt keyword, uh, or maximize the the browser window, maybe. We did an alt keyword test. We test everything. Uh, The alt keyword, of course, uh, is the alt attribute on the image tag. And, and you've been said, you're supposed to be labeling that and putting your keyword in there for years, but we decided to test it. So on February 26th, we added it, and boom, we got a boost. And I said, okay, well, let's remove it. We, we, we removed the alt keyword, and it went down. And we added the alt keyword back around here, and it fluctuated a bit because we've been making so many changes. But it went up to number two in my test, and quite frankly, actually, in um, uh, in my uh actually here in the browser it went to number one so this test was very interesting it's number two in my in my uh, testing software it's actually number one so the alt it went back to number one when you put the alt keyword back eventually so that was very interesting the alt keyword um, uh, obviously uh, has a a ranking factor so I've sent that back to Kyle from SIA and he's going to do some more comprehensive testing on that in terms of whether or not it's a ranking factor, uh, because quick preamble on that, Kyle from SIA has discovered that there's ranking areas where your SEO tags go, so to speak, like the title, uh, tag, the H1 the, in the paragraph, in the body, bold, uh, emphasized, uh, H1s, a 2 H3s, a 4s those kinds of things, and the alt attribute is a number one of these areas. Interestingly enough, we tested the title attribute as well and the title attribute did not give a boost and in one of the four tests it gave a a Drop so I would not use the title attribute and in favor of using the alt attribute and putting the keyword in there But you have to be very very careful. Don't go spamming the keyword in there 50 times It's gonna be relative to everyone else on the page one SERP So if everyone else on page one on average has the keyword in the alt attribute two times You want it two times maybe three times? Uh, at maximum, and it works that way for all like the title, the the H1s, the paragraph, the total number of words, total number of keyword density. We're seeing that it's all a relative calculation in each slot, so to speak, on all of those different pages. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back a couple episodes where Kyle showed this off for us. He showed a new tool that automatically calculates this for you. Cora also does a lot of these calculations as well. I'm sure uh, Ted's going to be quickly making sure it does all these calculations (laughs) for the next version. Uh, because that's what Ted, Ted is—the Borg. He just assimilates everything and puts it in his tool. Uh, and so that was very interesting. So the alt keyword there did give a boost, and we removed it, and it, it, it took away the boost. And we put it back; it gave the boost back. So I mean, I think that's pretty conclusively proven in a single variable test that surprise putting the keyword in the alt attribute has a ranking factor—a powerful one, in fact—at least two, uh, two, two to three one to two spots uh, relatively relatively speaking and last but not least this is the one I have to sorry I have to kind of keep close to my chest we did a test uh back uh, in uh beginning of March and we and nothing was happening and we tweaked it right here March 23rd and as you can see there was a huge result <laughs> so I've uh, stumbled across something that's very interesting here uh and so for those of you who are clever you could probably reverse engineer what I'm doing and probably go back previous episodes and learn about what I was trying to do. But uh, this is one I have to kind of keep close to my chest. And I will reveal this to the White Hat group uh, and my Skype group. If you want to join that, email me. Or if you want to uh, attend our conference in August, we're going to have awesome speakers uh, like Ted. Uh, in fact, I've been uh, – you mentioned Jeff uh, Lenny earlier, uh, Clint. Uh, Jeff, I've been talking with Jeff. He, he's Hopefully he's going to come to the conference and he'll present at this conference as well. Uh, And uh, 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 it's early days, we're still getting speakers come in, but we're gonna be revealing really awesome secrets like this at the conference. So email me if you're interested in the conference or go to whitehatversusblackhatconference.com. And uh, we do have early bird sign up rates uh, on the website today.
2: Yeah, and if you're not in the uh, White Hat versus Black Hat Skype group, uh, you know, reach out to Josh because I highly
0: recommend you
2: get in a group like that if you're not already.
0: We, it, 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 it is nice that we're able to extend the conversation on the Skype group and stuff. I can I can usually say most stuff on air, but some stuff that we come across that Holly and I come across or sometimes or that uh, just some tests that we come across, just they're just too good for me to put out in the air in the public. And so if you want to get a little bit more extra uh, tidbits, for those people who've been watching me religiously, you could probably piece together what that experiment was. But for those of you who uh, want a bigger hint, <laughs> email me and uh, join the uh, White Hat versus Black Hat Skype group. And it's a great group for throwing around SEO ideas and, and new secrets and other secrets and stuff, other experiments that are going on. And you'll get this knowledge faster as well. Uh, as soon as I get a test result, I usually uh, tell the group what's happened. And, and any other experiments that are going on, they tell us. So it's it's a great group to be part of. OK. So. Uh, Clint, did you have something you want to say? You, I think you're muted there.
1: I was being a smartass. I said it's so exclusive.
0: I'm not even in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> yes, you are. You're part of that group. Nope. I, not I'm sure trying. you're part of the group. Hey, yeah. I okay. Well, uh, okay. I'll add you. Hey. This is, this is hey. Clint. <laughs> uh-huh. This is Clint being complaining. He's like, yeah, he doesn't like think. <laughs> I will add you to the group. Okay. John Black asked me out, me out there.
1: there. He's like, you told everyone I was there, and I just don't talk. That's what it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I think you're part of the group, and I think you just want to lurk and listen to all the secrets and not have to answer any questions, I think is what's going on there. Okay. So, uh, So let's move on to the main part of the show that I promised, and that's getting rich. <laughs> I promised riches. Uh, through niches riches through niches riches through niches If you get your niches and you get your riches, I, I don't know I, how do you probably say niches? I'm not sure I say niches, but so um, we've been on the last couple of shows I've been showing how you can use uh, tools that are, that are uh readily available for SEOs to uh, Find niches to rank for because that's the big problem guys And, and again just to get rant hand out here for a second everyone talks about SEO ranking but no one talks about the front end of the, of the internet business, which is You've got to find a, a money-making niche to rank for first, right? You you want to find a lucrative niche that it doesn't hopefully have a lot of competition. And it'd be good if you can find them as they start coming up. I actually, I know Tyler, of course, from SEMrush. We've had him on the show. And so I emailed them and I said, wouldn't it be great if we had a tool that would tell us about new niches coming up? And so they're working on that. So so keep that under, under wraps, uh, you know, hopefully... Uh, hopefully they'll build it. So uh, you know, people are going to email me a month later. What happened to that? You know, oh, sorry, they didn't do it. You know, but hopefully they're going to build this thing, and uh, so we can see these niches faster than everybody else. But uh, I asked you for some test niches that we could check out, and so I got a bunch here. And I'm just going to go back up to the top. And we got uh, office space. Uh, the Furmanuk, the Furmanuk, that's his name. Uh, said we could, he wanted to look into the office space niche, sleep disorder, and dry skin. And so office space rentals, I guess, would be the first one, so a lead generation kind of site. And then sleep disorder products or dry skin products. And so just uh, I'm going to try and go through as many of these as I can. And uh, Ted, if you want to run some of these through Cora, just to give another kind of perspective of what Cora does, that'd be fantastic too. So this is what this, this is how this works. What you need to do to use my method of 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 kind of cherry picking and finding these niches, that's not my method. Use the method I use that, I mean, a lot of people use, but the way I do it is, um, first off, I want to find a big site that's already ranking for this kind of thing or, or competitors that are already ranking for this kind of thing. And then I want to kind of uh, cherry pick what they're doing and find out uh, what kind of other opportunities exist along those, those keyword lines. So let me show you what I mean. So I'll share my screen here. So the first thing I would do here is I thought, OK, well, if you we want to go for office space rentals, that's probably the, the niche that we're talking about here for office space. I would first off use the SERP uh, uh, SERP overlay. And this is going to give me how many keywords the spaces are ranking for. So this liquid space looked interesting, but it's some kind of flexible office space network. I'm not sure that's exactly what the kind of beast that this person wants to know about. So ultimately I decided that this Regis uh, office space listing here, they're ranking for 56,000 keywords. That was a pretty big site enough for this. And it has office space for rent. So I'm assuming that's what we wanna do. We wanna find what kind of office space for rent people are looking for. And then we wanna see what kind of uh, 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 lucrative opportunities exist in that kind of a niche. So I took Regis.com and I moved over to the SEMrush here. I plugged them in SEMrush and I went into positions and then I tailored the keywords by office space and that broke it down to, uh, you could see actually Regis has been growing over time, which is interesting. So it's always interesting just to see what other people are doing here and how much their traffic costs uh, according to SEMrush, very interesting. So this is the kind of keywords we came up with, office space with receptionist, virtual office space, Orlando, office space, Baker Street, office space in this place, office space in that place. That's kind of what we want, right? We want to see what people are searching for, where they want to rent office space, and also how much money they want to, want to pay for it. So that's good. So it didn't come up with a lot of keywords like some of our previous ones we've done, but it came up with 2,400 keywords. So I clicked Export and I exported it, and I've already brought it to Excel. So let me share the uh, Excel screen I got going on here because sometimes I find it difficult to talk and do Excel at the same time. I did some of this ahead of time. So here we have the office space niche. Now I can definitely make this bigger so it's easier to see. How's that? That looks a bit bigger, easier? That's
1: good.
0: All right, fantastic. Make it a bit bigger even. There we go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, oh. Too big. Uh, crazy. Oh, there we go, okay. So what happened, is, look at this string here. So this is what it brings down. I've already cleaned this up a little bit. And what I was trying to do last time live and I couldn't make my brain think of how to do it while talking at the same time, because you know my big mouth takes up so many CPU cycles, is that they, they give you a number like this that comes out of SEMrush. And this actually is a great number. It's very interesting. This is the number of, this is 12 uh, floating point numbers that gives you the percentage of searches per month. So this is January, February, March, April, May, it peaks. June, it peaked the most for this particular keyword, office space with receptionist. July, August, September, it, it peaked. October, November, December. And what I do is I make this into an Excel formula by just doing some uh, 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 jiggery-pokery with, with the way that it comes down. And I bring it down into a, a, a whole number of that then I can assign kind of a hot year kind of uh, stat to it. So the lower it is, is it's not very hot. The higher it is is how hot it is per year. But if I want to see what year peaked, and like let's let's say it peaked in January, and then the rest were like 0.1, I know that this was a fad in January of last year, and now it's not a fad anymore. So that you had you do have that extra information built into the number here. You just have to dig in. So but to compare apples to apples, I want to make it a floating point number like this. So that's what I did. Now, what I can do to um, to make it prettier and is I can put a, gra- a graded uh, conditional formatting in there. And this way I can see, ooh, this looks good. And I can see which ones at a glance kind of look better. I will do that actually for all of these is what I will do because that makes it look a little nicer. CPC, uh, competition.
1: Since we can't see that because of that drop down, can you tell us what you're pushing so they know?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. So uh, in, uh, I'm using uh, Excel for the Mac. Uh, you guys can't see where my mouse is right now?
1: When you push that and get the drop down, no, you can't see the drop down.
0: You don't see the drop down, eh? No. Oh, weird. Well, thank you for telling me that. So I'm going up to the conditional formatting button, and I uh, go on data bars, and I click this one here. So let me just take a little quick screenshot of how that looks. and I will share the screenshot of how that looks for anybody anybody who cares. Let me share that. So it looks like this, do you guys see that? Yeah. I'll highlight that, go to data bars and go down to the, I like the orange because it stands out, so that's the one that I do. So let me go back to Excel. And so this way I can see, now I'm gonna do this one red because it's, it's uh, I'm colorblind. I think this is red. Is that red? No, that's green. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> I'm red, green, colorblind. It's exactly. There's red. Okay. <laughs>
1: I was way off.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it looks red to me. That's, that's Hey, welcome to my world, buddy. Search volume. We'll go back to, again, orange I can see very well, too. So that's another reason why I choose it. <laughs> and okay, and position one. So I'm going to hide position one because although this would be interesting to know what Regis is, is uh, whatever Regis is, the Regis website is. Is uh, It's a specific it looks like it has a specific kind of office space. It looks like it's the Walmart of office spaces It looks like so it'd be interesting to see where they're ranking uh, and and where I'd have competition uh, But uh, You know, I could I could do a fancy conditional formatter to make these check marks, but I'm not gonna do that I'm just gonna hide it. Okay, so now how do I play with this data? Well, this is a table in uh, this is a standard table you would make in Excel which comes auto built in with, do you see these drop down uh, menus? Yeah. Okay, well, good.
1: Uh, we all see the filter when you click that down arrow.
0: Oh, you don't? Nope. Oh, that, that's kind of, that, that's, that's interesting. Okay, tell you what, I'll do this then. I don't think I have anything uh, private on my desktop open right now, except for, you know, my bank account and all my porn sites I like to go to. So other than that, I'll just share my whole screen. <laughs>
1: Midget porn, here we can.
0: (laughs) How'd you know? (laughs) Okay, oh, the infinite regress of the screen. Okay, can you see Excel now?
1: I see Excel. Click one of the
0: drop down see if it... It it should work now because you're seeing my whole screen. So the way these tables work... There we go. There we go. So I can sort it ascending or descending. So I can immediately say, okay, show me what is the hottest trends per year. And these are the ones that are one integer that are fully hot uh, every month. Per month, right? And I start to see, oh, okay, I can see why New York City people are looking for office space. I mean, everyone knows about New York City real estate and how bad it is. Office space leases, Brighton office space, and so this is very interesting. How you can just suddenly start to go, okay, what has the highest search volume? All right, boom, office space that that, that keyword period does. Then office space for rent, Milton office space. Interesting, is Milton a big place? I don't, I wouldn't think so, but a lot of people are trying to rent office space in it. Probably just trying to get out of the area. yeah uh, you, know, you you do you do find interesting stuff going on here. Yeah. Okay, now what if I wanted uh, I like to use an algorithm to to see what the best kind of 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 uh, 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 hidden gems that come out. And so I call it my SEO score. Actually, I'm gonna do two. I'm gonna do a raw SEO score. And the raw SEO score is going to be equals, it's going to be search volume times CPC times competition times hot year. And so what's that is going to do, enter, why does it not work when I am always demoing it? <laughs> there we go. That makes a number. You can see it's the search volume times CPC times competition times hot year. And that makes a number that I can then descend. And it's going to float, uh, Excel is going slowly. It's going to float all the search volume ones and the high CPC and the highest competition to the top, preferably, if this worked. I think it worked. Excel is going s- more slowly now. And if I, see the, if I want to see the worst ones, I press ascending. And Excel is crashing as I try to demo it, of course.
1: So while we're waiting, that Milton office space is actually Milton is a character in the show Office Space, so the search isn't related. Ah,
0: oh, <laughs> of course, right? Yeah, this is. I noticed that when I was search when I was doing searches for this, it's like, oh, they're right. The movie Office Space, that's going to confuse things a little bit, and so that's why it does take some some human sanity to figure out kind of what's going on here. And Excel is gone off into the into the ether here maybe it's because i'm sharing the screen who knows i'll stop presenting Can you in your formula <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh yeah i stopped showing the screen and then it suddenly started working so this is what i'm going to do here
1: we don't need to see the drop downs anymore so we you did this the other day we could see your formulas when you're typing those in so i think we're good
0: yeah so excel is completely not responding now so i'll just reboot it but and that's so you can kind of kind of get an idea of how I would uh, uh, play with the data to see what kind of stuff's coming out. Is there any other SEO questions we can answer that are not niche related? While I try and get this back up and running here,
2: well, I could talk about uh, your niche from the Cora perspective.
0: Please, yeah, go ahead.
2: Uh, if you can uh, hand over the screen, don't know what you do on your end for that.
0: Uh, when you're talking, we're seeing it. Okay, I'll give you focus as well.
2: All right, so. um pulled the core data, uh, didn't use a track domain, so there's no roadmap. Normally people like to see a roadmap, but you have to have a website you're trying to rank uh, in order to produce that. So without that, we just have the measurements. So looking at this uh, space, I can see that the average on page one for the word count is 1200 words uh, with you know an average of 37 uh, sentences. Uh, the extremes are kind of interesting. The uh, practical maximum for this is, you know, three thousand five hundred words for the page, and uh, let's see, number of sentences, one hundred seventeen. Uh, so, quite a bit of content. Looks like people are competing in in terms of uh, long form content. I thought it was also interesting, like things like the the number one correlating factor was keywords and meta descriptions, which single variable testing said was ineffective, but yet it tends to correlate. Um, So sometimes uh, information from the field can differ with the single variable testing. Uh, Along with the update, terms of service is correlating quite strong. Um, So that's kind of interesting as well hmm Um, and then of course there's usual culprits, uh like you know, tuning your headings, things of that nature. Uh, but it looks like if you go into this niche, you're gonna have to compete with a lot of uh, keyword rich content. We're not terms of service,
1: just for everyone's knowledge. Cora is just looking for a link on the
2: page that says terms of service, right? Yep. Uh, there are two that we test for independently, the Terms of Service and the Privacy Policy. And uh, the Terms of Service is the one that's correlating strongly uh, post the Google update. Okay. And what
1: is the other one that I always get questions about? I don't see it in here. Clean text and kilobytes. How would someone measure that or improve for that?
2: Well, clean... Clean text is when you strip the HTML and the JavaScript and the cascading style sheets and all the comments. You get all the technical gobbledygook out of your page, and all you're left with is the clean text content. So once you get all the technical stuff out, you get rid of the head block, get rid of the scripts, get rid of the HTML. The clean text is all that's left. So this is kilobytes of clean text. And so here, the average is 10 kilobytes of clean text, and the practical max, which is what we want to shoot for, is 30. So uh, once you get rid of everything else, you want 30 kilobytes of content on the page. And you'll take care of that by adding that extra the word counts and the sentence stuff. They'll yeah, yeah. When you hit those word counts and those sentences, you'll probably be in the ballpark. Okay. Don't use small words. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Write like, like Jeff talks sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you got to be wordy. Sometimes the more words, the more words you throw at them, the, the better it works. Sometimes not. Uh, thank you, Ted. Was there anything else there you wanted to, that stood out? that you wanted to go over that? That Cora could show. I mean, Cora, we could talk about Cora for days. I and mean, there's there's 500 factors there you measured that we can go over.
2: Well, it gets a lot more interesting once we have a website that we're trying to rank for this keyword because then we can look at how the website is deficient
0: exactly. Right. We can do the comparison between page one averages and what you got.
2: So there's there's a lot less that we can do. We could like, you know, go into the results and see, you know, are there types of pages uh, that are ranking, are they doing specific patterns or calls to action are we fighting against EMDs and PMDs uh, but none of those things appear strong for this niche but they do in others so uh, yeah. really it looks like the main call out here is the uh, the volume of on-page content they're competing with
0: yeah and so I wouldn't curate that I would start I, I would create listings I would I would I would custom write the the SEO text you want to do though okay. Let me go back see if I can share this at least for one niche because I promised going kind of going over how this all works So uh, we have the infinite regress of the thing. Here we go. Okay, so Excel is back and so What I did here is I clicked and uh, it's kind of working Excel it seems to be on Mac seems to be a a Ram hog and uh, with Chrome just Chrome and Excel working. I closed everything else down and and Broadcasting live it really goes slowly. So I might have to in a future hangout, what I'll probably do is I'll just look at like, I'll, maybe I'll grab all the ones you guys put in the chat today, and I'll make like a PowerPoint presentation for next week. That might be might be better. But two backs, I want to do this live. But so if I say ascending on my raw SEO score, what that's doing, it's going for the worst of the worst. It's well one the ones that have no competition, no CPC, and no competition, and so no one's paying any money for this, theoretically speaking, and the lowest search volume. Um, To really um, do this properly, what I want to do is I want to do a find and replace. Now, let's see if this is going to work live. Who knows? I want to do a find and replace with zero, and I want to replace it with uh, uh, 0.1, and I want to replace it. And I I ask it. It says it can't find a match. Why can't you find a match? (laughs) Did I I type O and not zero? Zero, replace with 0.1. No, okay. See, like weird things happen. So I'll go 0.1 here and I will just drag that down so that they all at least have some number so that my formula works. And you'll see why I'm doing that in a second. Oh, interesting. And now all my values disappear. So I don't think you should. Demonstrate Excel live, because <laughs> this is all disappearing now. I had twenty-four hundred keywords here to look at. That didn't happen
1: last time you did
0: it. No, it didn't. This is this is weird. Uh, it was it was bug, a little buggy, but it wasn't. Uh, it was sluggish, but it wasn't this buggy anyway. So I don't know what's going on with this. Why this is misbehaving? But so uh, that's one. This is a good way you can play with the numbers here and get kind of the, the best ones to show up. So let's just go over some of the best ones here before Excel entirely crashes on me. And this is, is uh, completely useless. Uh, if I descend the raw SEO score, which again is multiplying the search volume by the, the the CPC, by the competition in AdWords and how hot it was per year, that theoretically should show me the best niches. And I just have to use my human brain to look at what's gonna be the, the best uh the best kind of uh at least easiest to rank for and look for the smaller red bars and the big red bars and it really is really slowing down am i still can you guys still hear me am i still broadcasting looks like i am yeah you are okay well like i said this might not work so well live i could also get my second computer going and do it live next time on the second computer and just join the Hangout with another account. I could do that too next time. So I'll think about some, but anyway. So you get the idea of how you can use SEMrush. You gotta think of a website that is ranking for those keywords already. Um, a, a simple Google search will work. So let's just start the process. I can't finish it, unfortunately. So let's say sleep disorder product. Let me go and and just see here uh um uh uh, sleep disorder also um it's gonna be your friend uh the 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 search suggests it's gonna be your friend as well sleep disorder product (laughs) If you want to see what kind of sleep disorder products are good so i would do this search here Yeah, use some kind of SERP overlay and get some kind of um, uh, uh, use some kind of logic. Now, quite frankly, uh, if Amazon shows up here, I know for a fact that Amazon would be the best one to use. Uh, Because Amazon, I mean, basically, you're going to have your go tos you go to all the time for any products. It's probably going to be Amazon, eBay and Alibaba is what what you're going to go if any service It's going to be YouTube or maybe Craigslist or Kijiji if you're in Canada or something like that. So I know immediately I can just go to SEM Rush here. I can go, hey, show me Amazon.com. And we're going to get the rankings for Amazon.com. And again, we don't care. And let's see what's happened to Amazon recently. Interesting. April 17th, they lost some organic traffic, but they got back up. So... All we care about is sleep disorder. We could even just do sleep, but sleep disorder is the advanced filter we're going to use. Include keyword containing uh, sleep disorder. And because we're going to end up with a ton of keywords, just add one more. Let's exclude any of the keyword difficulties that are greater than 60. And let's add one more. Let's exclude any of the cost per clicks that are less than 10 bucks because if i'm going to bother making an affiliate site i want to make some good commissions on it and the average cpc is great marketing data for telling me how much money is in that product generally so we we look as bored as clint does while we wait <laughs> and interestingly um it says nothing found this is the problem when, when you have too many Filters it once. Sometimes SEMrush will will start uh, bugging out. So I'll just do the one keyword first, just to see what it gives us on sleep disorder. And hopefully SEMrush is not going to be acting up. And then then nothing works. <laughs> then my whole live demonstration, nothing works. I'll just go cry and eat some worms. But it's it's waiting here. Amazon has millions and millions and millions of pages ranking, of course. And so this is a big a big load for uh, SEMrush to process. There's someone there's someone in SEM rush saying hearing, hearing the server uh, hard drives go crazy and it's like, what's going on? Who is doing this? Yeah, see. Uh, okay, well, then fine. Let's do no filters. Just show me what it, amazon.com is ranking for. Sometimes you have to play with it a bit. Okay, here we go. Boom and as you can see, there's 69 million queries that Amazon is ranking for. Okay, now let's just do sleep disorder. Sleep disorder. Why? And hopefully that works. And if it doesn't, I'll just give up and answer some SEO questions. And then eat, cry and eat my worms later. There we go. Okay, now we got books on sleep disorders, sleep disorders for dummies sleep disorder, Jack, blah, 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 This is not really what you probably want. If you want to get into a particular niche, you probably want sleep disorder products that you can get an affiliate account for, but you could conceivably go start up higher in the search funnel and you could conceivably maybe get a, get a, uh, an affiliate code on books. You know, so you, you got to kind of th- uh, immerse yourself in the data and start to see what opportunities jump out at you. But let's just say we want sleep disorder products. You know, we want that sleep apnea machine here. Sleep disorder products, try that just one at a time, just to be easy on SEMrush so it doesn't crash on us. Actually, we, we probably don't want products plural. We want product. Singular. Let's see if that works. It might not. Uh, SEM rush might mess up. Or uh, yeah, this is so. This is not not working the way I would like it to work. But let's go back to see if just sleep disorder works. At the very least. Because I can always do this work in Excel as well, which when Excel is not being live broadcast, it works much better. I can now go and exclude any of the keyword difficulty greater than, uh, say, 70 in case I went too high last time. So excluding the the hardest, hardest niches that are possible to rank for. We'll see what it says. Okay, at least that worked. So, uh, no, we wanted uh, greater than seventy. Oops, we'll exclude that, and then I'll go and I'll exclude CPC that's uh, to exclude less than ten uh, because you know. And you might be like, well, Josh, don't I want to rank for queries that maybe don't have a cost per click associated? You might, depending on what niche you're in. Like, if it's a niche like uh, like a herbal supplement niche that you can't. You can't do AdWords in then that data is not going to be useful obviously Because you're not going to have any cost per click because no one can bid on those keywords But if it's a if it's a niche where you can bid on the keywords You want the marketing data of what people have already put into Google AdWords So you can know what makes the most money because there's some very surprising kind of interesting things there. Okay, good so now this is the easier niches to go for and now finally very carefully <laughs> and very gently we will try to exclude cpc less than 10 bucks because we just want to go for the most lucrative niches here or the ones that are more lucrative and we'll get come on SEM rush you can do it process this and then once that's done we would pull that into excel and then i would do my my excel jobby there only one <laughs> yes this so this is not working this is this is i'm going to go eat my worms and cry
1: no, that matched what you had in the other data before you entered that because I was scanning through as you were scrolling. And uh it's that's about right. I think it may have missed one, but Uh-oh. that what was shown in there. Because before you added that, there was only 33 in their results.
0: So you're right. It might be entirely possible that that uh, sleep disorders is just not, not that lucrative a niche.
1: At least on like, Amazon.
0: Uh at least on Amazon, right. I mean, but but it but I'm using, it doesn't really matter what Amazon people are doing on Amazon because I'm just using Amazon as my data set, right? Because Amazon is a huge website and Google likes brands. The logic kind of runs in that Google is going to rank Amazon for all kinds of queries, including like on page 9 and 10, that that they're not ranking for page 1. And uh, so I'm using uh, Google's uh, avarice and their desire to rank brands against them uh, in in using Amazon as my is my guinea pig to show me just what are all the keywords that are ranking for this? I could just go into uh, Google AdWords and then do a small campaign and do the same kind of a thing But I like using SEM rush to do it because they give me a keyword difficulty as well And I, I hate Google and I don't want to make an AdWords campaign <laughs> But you're absolutely right um, if you were checking it is entirely possible that I was too uh, I was too specific in my filters in that in the sleep disorder niche, there just isn't that much money. And the cost per clicks are usually $10 or under. And that would tell you right away that, that maybe that's not a niche you want to be in. And so that's why I go through in this logical process. And also, the keyword, all the keyword difficulty was quite high. This is a saturated niche that people have been in for a while. I've had at least two or three separate sleep disorder customers come to me over the last few years. So, I mean, you know, that. This is what the, the the picture, the data kind of starts painting to you. That, that listen, if people are if if I have the, the highest one here is classification of sleep disorders. For some reason, according to SEMrush, people are are bidding seventeen dollars per click on that uh, that query that only has a volume of ten searches a month, and has a keyword difficult uh, a key, uh, uh, a keyword difficulty according to SEMrush of around sixty nine point seven four, so seventy percent difficult. Um, That's a high difficulty for a low amount of money and a very low searches. Uh, I would immediately look at that and go, I don't want to be in the sleep disorder niche because it's, it's super saturated and doesn't make a lot of money. And so I wouldn't even have to get down to Excel at that point. And my analytical brain might be able to have noticed that without my big mouth yammering on, trying to host a show at the same time. <laughs> so so here's another tip. Don't host a show and do this live and try and think logically because you're, you're thinking about talking, you're not thinking about the, the logic of what the data is telling. Okay, so I hope that's semi-helpful to some people, <laughs> the little bit I was able to do. Uh, if you want more information, it just might not be a thing that you can demonstrate live I might have to kind of help people look for this. I might have to help people. I might have to do this research and sell the research. So if you want information, if you want my help along these lines, email me at joshpashinsky at gmail.com. It just might not be something I can do live, but there's huge money here and huge opportunity. If you can, this is business 101. You have to get a lucrative niche to start off with, right? You don't just put your your restaurant anywhere in town. You put your restaurant where there's the best traffic and the lowest lease cost per month. And other very important factors that will literally make or break your business regardless of how good your marketing is. Uh, so to use that parallel into internet marketing, it doesn't matter how good your SEO is, or how good your PBN is, or how good this is, or how good that is, how good your wide ad SEO is, if you've chosen a crappy niche to begin with, there's just not that much money to make and it's super saturated. You've got to find the niches that are not super saturated and that you can make good money and I'm telling you, after doing a lot of this kind of research, it's not the year 2000 anymore. There's way less uh, uh, niches to go for uh, that have like that I consider good ones. I boiled down 10,000 niches to about 10 good niches that I thought were good, and I have them, and they're fantastic. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, if you want more information on that, I, I might. You could maybe twist my rubber arm for me to sell a couple to you. Email me at joshmichinsky@gmail.com but uh <laughs> Clint's <laughing. Yeah>. always, <laughs> always always the upsell always the capital well, well, this information bring- is too good just to give away i can give away is seo information and people will do it yourself but this information will literally make or break your business i could make you hundreds of thousands of dollars a year by by selling you one of these niches or helping you find niches or doing this kind of consulting so so anyway or for those of you who want to do it yourself you can easily see what i'm doing you it's not It's not super rocket science. You can see what I'm doing. And you guys, go ahead, take this method, and do it yourself. That's why I always give away free information for people, you know, the the small percentage of people who want to do it themselves, and then the larger percentage who might need a little bit more help because they're busy with other stuff. That's what what a business consultant is here for. That's what we do. So to bring
2: something full circle, that experiment you uh, showed at the beginning with the alt attributes. Yes. Uh, in this uh, latest Cora data for the sleep disorder product, the yep. number two correlating factor was keywords and the alt attributes.
0: Ah, well, That's there you go. To point that out.
2: <laughs> that,
0: I like that. And you know, when you get uh, Cora correlation evidence and single variable experiment evidence, those are the two strongest kinds of SEO evidence. When they both say the same thing, you know, you found yourself a ranking factor, folks. <laughs> So if you're not doing it, uh, you're missing out on something. And don't overdo it because then I guarantee you're going to go down. I'm, my hypothesis, uh, which I'm pretty sure, and Kyla's too, that every, all those SEO spots you've got to stuff keywords into, uh, you don't want to go over the threshold, which is relative to the page one average, uh, or you're definitely going to uh, be over-optimized, and that's going to be a problem. Okay, so let's try to answer some questions here uh, of – Any other SEO questions I've got? I don't have time to go over any of our niches. Email me for more niche information. Let me see if I can answer some just straight SEO questions before we end the show. And we will go here. Okay, so, um, Uh, yeah, so he also asked about curating the content. I would not curate any content. Uh, I would custom write it. I mean, curating, oops, that's not gonna help. Curating the content here is not going to help you rank for these keywords. Only if you're doing it in the most long-tail black hat method. I don't know. Ted and Clint could speak to that better than I can. But I wouldn't curate the content. I would take, in this case, I would take the white hat approach and custom write a good review page. But what do you guys think? I know you guys might have a different philosophy on this.
1: Well, curating content doesn't necessarily – equal black hat if you're, you know, you're actually doing proper curation. So um, I know a lot of people, including myself, that use curated content because it's just a lot easier than coming up with something new and original, um, which, you know, I've said before, no one's written anything original on the internet, especially about SEO in quite some time. So, <laughs> uh, you know, why not do curation as long as you're, you know, Treating it like a research paper, essentially, is kind of how I do it. You're marking up your resources, uh, et cetera, then uh, you're you're good to go. And Google kind of accepts that and looks for it, really. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even consider that curated content. I mean, I mean, I know it's much easier to write, and so I, I get what you're saying. But but yeah, that's, I, when I say curated content, I mean like literally just firing up your spinner and grabbing other people's content.
1: No, that's not even curated content. Though. That's two different things. That's copying other people's crap and. And then rechanging it and you know <laughs> rewording it, which I've done too. So that's you know you open up a, a web page, like open up one of Ted's articles, open up Dragon Dictate, open up a text editor, and read what Ted writes, and go, oh well, this blah 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 blah. In Ted's case, it's easy because he talks in big words. You just write uh, do your article in small words, and you've both talked about the same topic, and now you compete,
0: <laughs> right? And you get a bigger word count too.
2: <laughs> I have scripts that pull and uh, you know those those things rank i mean it works i don't think google's punishing it there's certainly nothing against syndicated content and the webmaster guidelines i i've heard you know uh john mueller and others say well what value are you adding and they might argue on um, the quality of the website but those are very subjective things they're you know they're not rule breaking things they're quality things you know what is that? the uh, what's that social what's the,
1: the SEO site I mean read it, SEO journals something like that um, basically he just runs around and he finds things that like John Mueller says uh, and then creates a blog post about it that's pure curated content and that's ranking number one for pretty much all the SEO terms uh, right up there with Moz and the other the other SEO popular SEO sites. So, right, you know, all he's doing is curating content. And he's not making anything original. He's running around and saying, "Hey, look what other people wrote on the internet. This is what it means." Um, so you can do that with curated content all day long. And it takes five ten minutes to write one of those to give your opinion. So.
0: Yes, <laughs> I love how when Ted was talking, the exact thing he's he's doing. It, it it got cut out cuz the the stream the, the data stream got uh, slow so like oh, i'm doing this bar <laughs> and, and then he says and it's ranking great and i'm making a lot of money you don't, you don't know what it, 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 it either our google the ai is listening to us and it, you had too good of a suggestion there and it, it it squashed out what you were talking about
2: it's the sensor button at google
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was that was too much of a coincidence. I don't know I gotta put my tin hat on. So folks, if you want to know what he's doing, <laughs> uh, you know it's it's it comes along the lines of doing that spinning and so so uh you know even 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 Ted will put his black hat on every now and then and and fire up spinners and just have their worst spin spun kind of content. There it is the worst spun kind of content and just rank it for long tail and uh, I know that was a project you're working on a while ago. Do you mind telling us how well it's going money-wise? Can you even, can you release that kind of information?
2: Uh, Well, I, I wasn't tracking revenue, I was tracking viability, so I was looking for organic traffic. And so I created scripts that generated about 30 websites of curated content, genuinely syndicated content, Made it all rel equals no follow, so no shenanigans there. And it gets about 2,500 uh, uh, visitors per month. And it's on targeted keywords. And the AdWords estimated CPC on those keywords for that traffic would be in the ballpark of five to $10,000 a month of ad spend. <laughs> I think that's a little overstated, but you know, uh, there's, there's value there. The question is, can you monetize it?
0: It's kind of like Bitcoin mining, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot like Bitcoin mining. Yeah,
0: you just auto generate 50 prefab, uh, uh, completely uh, scraped content websites.
2: Yeah, ranking we for you a dime. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 don't,
0: you don't, you don't, sp- you don't, you don't point any links at them whatsoever <laughs> and just churn and burn that going on, and yeah. So oh. a lot of people are thinking, hmm, how do I do that? Well, email email us, and you'll figure out how to do that. Well, let me see if I can answer the rest of these questions here, and then we can end this end this show. Okay, so Deep, Deep Clean Dave says, not sure if it's a coincidence, but I added terms of service pages to two websites after your latest vid, and they jumped up on the SERPs quite nicely after a few days. Yep. Uh, you're not the only person who's told me that. Nathan Hammond said, would you suggest no following a site-wide terms of service link? a footer link. And most likely it doesn't seem like you want to pass juice to it. Uh, yes. If you did that, then it's outside the, 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 the tests that we've done. So I'm not really sure. I wouldn't really care. Uh, but yeah, you, you, I mean, you could, it, it's six in one hand, half dozen the other for me. What do you guys think?
1: You know, if you're putting it in a footer and site wide, then I would, I wouldn't bother with it. Typically there's probably a link in your terms of service to your homepage anyway. So you just kind of create a nice little loop. Um, so at the at the end of the game, I don't, I don't it's there's value added. I don't I don't think there's any value added in leaving it no follow versus
0: follow. So it's one little page that uh, of your of your of your PR, which is is debatable that that Google even even uh, bothers sending to a terms of service page because it knows it's a boilerplate page.
1: And from my perspective, let's say you do have that site wide footer, and then he sends all all, and that's the only one, and it's all going to that terms of service page, which is there and that site happens to be a PBN, then you put a link to your um, keyword exact match term on your term to service page.
0: Yep, but you could do that as well. That would also, uh, testing that in a single variable experiment would tell you how much page rank is actually flowing through that page and to it from the index page as well. Yep. Um, another question the Furmanac also asked, is removing the date of a blog post affect Google rank, the freshness of the term? Um, yes and no. The date the published date on the page is one thing Google uses to determine the freshness of it But also when they spidered it when they cached it, it is the, the primary uh, factor there and whether or not the page has changed so you could change the date on a page all you like It's not going to make it any fresher unless you've actually changed the the contents of the page as well uh, Yes, well, he's got crazy questions. Here. So another question is You mentioned not having a mix of keywords on a homepage. I have a blog review site with about 10 posts on the page, then paginated. Would this negatively affect the site? No, but it's not going to help that page rank for anything because it's not targeting a keyword. And if Clint and Ted agree or disagree, by all means, uh, go ahead. Just cut into what I'm saying.
2: Sorry, I missed that. I was responding in chat.
0: Oh, not a problem. No, If you guys disagree with what I'm saying, go ahead, because I'm just going to lightning around through these now. Uh, Question for Ted, on my Quora report, Amazon is on it. Should I filter it out of the results or keep it in? I'm sure you answered that already, Ted.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's a big debate. I put the banned domains feature into the tool set so the community can decide the best practice. I think that that's Hmm. cherry picking the data because I think websites are stack ranked based on their factor measurements. Other people think they need to exclude them so they could get to the real data. You know, it's a big debate. And so the answer is, I don't know, but I gave people the tools to make their best case.
0: I love how you took a page out of Google's book and used their disavow machine learning method to to, to do the same thing, right? So you're going to crowdsource what everyone thinks is query deserves diversity. So here's the issue. I'm probably probably the one who's debated with you this the most, um, uh, that I do think that Google cherry picks certain sites to put on certain uh, SERPs like Amazon specifically or Wikipedia.
2: But here's here's the rub, okay? Because there are so many keywords. It's an astronomical number of search terms. You can only manually curate a small minority. So the vast majority have to be just done by automated means. Yes. And so if you believe you're in the vast majority of keywords, which most are because they're in the vast majority, then you are being ranked by the algorithm and thus cherry picking the data is just hiding the facts from you. So it yeah. depends what you believe, You know what your situation is. Are you in that small mm-hmm. minority that has human beings working magic or are you being governed by the algorithm in which case those big sites are important data?
0: Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I was working on a client site uh, yesterday and He happens to be in the pornographic space. I don't know if you guys realize but there are pornographic movies on the internet <gasps> <laughs> <Heaven> forbid. <laughs> and uh, You know most most of those searches of course are uh, uh, They just want to watch a video But uh, he has a blog that talks about reviewing porn stuff and this blog was floating up there and but Google would put a blog a review there and then take it down and he you know the kind of question was well Why is that? I'm like well because This doesn't serve the query intent. This is just query deserves diversity. Google thinking, you know, I know all you want is to watch videos when you search porn in Google, but we're gonna float up a a blog page, a review of it every now and then, just to see if that's what you want. Maybe hoping, you know, know, it's not just the other thing, it's this thing, you know. So that's a a case where there'd be query deserves diversity, I think, uh, because he definitely did not have the link juice to, to warrant ranking up with Pornhub and YouPorn and all those other places. Uh, or, you know that kind of a thing but but yeah, so it's I, 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 I It's again, it's a difficult determination. I, I totally see what you mean Ted I love how your crowds are sourcing it though. I would look at both. I would run my report without the the, the, the QDD domains and then I would run look at it with and see if it really changed the um, Changed the, the the variables that much at the end of the day It might be that Amazon and all the big brands that you think are being cherry-picked actually rank in there because, yeah, they do have the keywords uh, both on-page and off-page to warrant ranking there. It's entirely possible.
1: I did. I run it um, without those in there. And I'll optimize it against my local competition because I focus really uh, narrowly on local a lot. Uh, and then I'll do it with them in there. And then I'll make changes. And then I'll add it the the backlinks, Ahref and SEMrush to it. Um, so i'm hitting it three times and i've shown ten some of mine i've come pretty damn near close to complete parody uh with a lot of the stuff that i'm doing and it's you know i that process seems to work for me and then plus i'm, I'm not overworking a page uh, and trying to hit everything um, all at the same time i just do one little section what happens do some more what happens and do some right. more, what happens so um <laughs> I, I see value in not looking at those because Yelps and the Home Advisors, you know, they're not SEO. And we all know damn well that Google's showing preference to them because their ads are all over the site. So, um, and, you know, they probably own half of them too, my guess, <laughs> or a significant stake in them. So, um, right, right, right. so, like, I like to filter those out first just to compete with the actual, you know, the real local results first and then uh, add in those other directories after
0: that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I do SEO in the same way, um, but more from the white app perspective, where it's like if if the quality score is good enough on a page and the on page is already good enough for it to rank page one, I don't bother uh, throwing any links at it or, or 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 doing any more social or you know. It, so you you go in stages. You see if is this is enough to rank there. Good. I don't have to spend any more money or time on it until it's not, and then then you do. Mm-hmm. So, the same same kind of deal um okay folks so we're way over time for the show so i apologize to the questions i wasn't able to answer if you have any more questions please ask them in the comments we'd be happy to answer them afterwards or you can always email me at josh at gmail.com uh, for any seo questions that you might have guys what are your final thoughts before we sign off
1: uh i'll go first just so yes you can do gsa on the money site if you filter your lists uh, my microphone is actually really good and if I turn up the gang, you'll hear the dogs across the street. Uh, and two, my show will be back on Friday.
0: <laughs> okay? I'm assuming that's not random. I'm assuming people asked you that. but yeah. if it's random, that's even cooler. I like that a lot. <laughs> and Ted, what's going on with Cora here? When's the next version coming out?
2: Oh, in the next week or two we'll have 3.8 and then we're making the big push for the awesome version 4. Um, and I want to remind everyone, if you're not in the white hat versus black hat Skype group to hound Josh until you are, that group is awesome. Yeah, Josh.
0: I'm not even paying Ted to say that. (laughs) Thanks, Ted. (laughs) (laughs) He, he markets my stuff better than I do. (laughs) I I should hire him to do marketing. Okay. Thanks very much, guys. This has been the white hat versus black hat SEO show. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, if you have any SEO questions, you can contact all all of us. My email is gmail.com. Uh, Clint is info at digital ear.com, I believe. Yep. And Ted is
2: seo tool lab.com.
0: There you go. Seo tool lab.com. If you want Cora, email me. I can get that for you. If you want a SEM rush free trial, I can get that for you. I'll also put the links below you in the, uh, YouTube page down below. So as I always say, good luck in the SERPs and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye everyone.